You know, I heard Skinner say the teachers will crack any minute. Skinner said the teachers will crack any minute. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. episode of purple monkey dishwasher today we're doing things a little bit differently we're going to talk about the cast and uh specifically i'm going to be reading from one of the cast uh members books mike reese who is a notable showrunner um during the earlier seasons he wrote a lot of the jokes but um this is coming right from mike reese's mouth uh, this is what he wrote about the cast themselves, and uh, I thought we'd dive a little bit into this. Um, instead of talking about the characters, we'll talk about the people behind the characters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen, shut up for a second. Uh, so first, starting with Dan Castellaneta, who of course voices Homer, Barney, Grandpa, and Krusty, which are four of the main characters in the whole show through every season. So, except for male pattern baldness, Dan has absolutely nothing common with Homer. Dan is modest, self-spoken, even-tempered, and deeply intelligent. He plays dozens of characters on the show, but stumbles only when reading Homer's lines. It's like he's channeling his inner dyslexic. And next, Julie Kavner, who is known for Marge, Patty, and Selma. Julie naturally found Marge's raspy voice after a grueling week of rehearsals on the Tracy Ullman show. When asked why Marge loves Homer despite all his faults, uh, she replies, he's good in bed, and I don't think she's kidding. Early in the show, Julie asked Jim Brooks how she should differentiate the voices of Patty and Selma, and Jim replied, don't. Nancy Cartwright. <laughs> I'm in danger. Bart Nelson Ralph. Not since Lassie had a TV actor played a classic character of the opposite sex. Nancy Cartwright has three of them. Nelson, Bart, and Ralph. She embodies the ID, the ego, and the superego of American boyhood. There's some high-class academic bullshit for you. Nancy is so bouncy and vivacious that it seems natural when Bart's voice comes out of her, except for a couple of times when she has eight, she was eight months pregnant. She'd say, don't have a cow, man, and she looked like she was literally going to have a cow. So you can see how Mike Reese is even using his humor while he's describing these people. This, this book, by the way, uh, is called Springfield Confidential, and you can find it uh, at your library or at any bookstore online. Um, it's Springfield Confidential, Jokes, Secrets, and Outright Lies from a Lifetime Writing for the Simpsons by Mike Reese, 
with Matthew Klickstein, forwarded by the one and only Judd Apatow. So, Yardley Smith. Dan may do 30 characters on the show, and Harry may do 50, but Yardley does one. But what a character. For many of us, Lisa is the heart and soul of the show. The source of its emotional depth. Yardley shares enough of Lisa's anxieties and insecurities to fill one woman show. Her funny, touching, and occasionally harrowing stage presentation called More. Uh, one of the most well-known voice actors who went on to be a very successful actor and many other things. Hank Azaria, uh, Mo Apu, Chief Wiggum, comic book guy, and many more. Hank is an amazing gift for creating memorable characters from small parts, which is why many of them don't exactly have names. Comic book guy, bumblebee man, old Jewish man, sea captain, wise guy. He claims some of them are just really bad impersonations of famous acting icons, including Moe as a bad uh, version of Al Pacino. Oh, wow! Dr. Nick, and Lou the Cop, who is a bad version of Sylvester Stallone. Somebody put me back in the fridge. Hank has a special link, link to Chief Wiggum. When Hank has to learn a song for the role, he sings it in Wiggum's voice first. I have more faith in Wiggum's voice than my own. You haven't heard Let It Go from Frozen till you've heard it, Hank singing it from Chief Wiggum. A million people have already viewed it on YouTube. Alright, I have not, so uh, I do not want to view Let It Go. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's sung by Chief Wiggum, uh, Celine Dion. Uh, Slipknot. I'm, I don't want to listen to that song. Uh, Harry Shearer. Mr. Burns, Smithers, Ned Flanders, Dr. Hibbert, Kent Brockman, and more. Harry is enormously proud that he plays both the nicest guy in Springfield, Ned, and the meanest, Mr. Burns, as well as providing the voices of both God and Satan. Now that's range. Those long dialogue scenes between Burns and Smithers are just Harry talking to himself, effortlessly switching between characters, and in 30 years, I've never seen him make a mistake once. In 2016, Harry thought that Harry thought about leaving the show. Senator Ted Cruz, in the midst of his presidential run, auditioned for his roles. What? Hi, I'm Ted. With Harry Shearer retiring, I'm auditioning for any part I can get in The Simpsons. Release the hounds. Excellent. Heidly ho, neighbor. Oakley dokley, neighborino. One of the great exchanges, Kang and Kodos, in one of the great classic episodes when they run for president. I'm running for president now, and you know, it's really tough. Forward, not backwards. Upwards, not downwards. And always twirling, twirling for freedom. I have been told many times, I have a face for radio, and I have a face for animation. You can see that on YouTube too, Ted Cruz auditions for The Simpsons. Needless to say, two jobs Ted Cruz didn't get that year. See, this is, that's crazy. Ted Cruz applied to be fucking Ned Flanders? Oh my god. I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to know enough about American politics, but I know enough about Ted Cruz, and uh, wow, 
if if they would have hired him, that would have been the end. That would have been oh, all right. <laughs> See, this is a great book. I think you should pick it up. Uh, maybe I'll I'll do a couple of these little episodes where I talk about some information from this book because this is where I'm getting most of it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Listen, shut up for a second. Um, it's straight from the horse's mouth, and uh, I trust Mike Reese. So, uh, special mention, um, cast member, the one and only, legendary Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman would roll into Simpsons recordings with that easygoing charm of a door-to-door -door salesman. Hey, that makes sense, right? Much like uh, Lionel Hutz and um, Troy McClure. He could be both sincere and a parody of sincerity at the same time. That sounds like a really cool rock band. Parody of Sincerity. There's no difference between... Uh, sorry, I added that in there. That wasn't in the book. That was a terrible joke. That was not a Mike, Mike Reese joke. Um, there's no difference between Phil Hartman and a Phil Hartman robot. Phil brought this android-like quality to his performances. He'd make the long drive from Malibu to Fox and record his lines perfectly on the first take. <clears throat> I couldn't bear the thought that he'd driven 90 minutes to do five minutes work. Hey, sounds like a comedian. I'd always have to have him do extra takes just to make it worth his while. I wouldn't see that level of perfection again until two decades later when Stephen Colbert guested on the show. He played a very Phil Hartman-esque life coach, and he nailed every line immediately. Phil contributed two, two characters to The Simpsons, sleazy lawyer Lionel Hutz, and washed-up actor Troy McClure. They had exactly the same voice. This was never a problem until the time we wrote a scene featuring both Lionel and Troy. Phil tried gamely to differentiate the two characters, but I told him not to bother. Phil was murdered the week Futurama recorded its pilot, in which he was supposed to voice arrogantly stupid space hero Zap Brannigan. Instead, the character is played by Billy West, doing his best version of Phil Hartman. There's no replacing Phil. We wouldn't even try. And after he died, we retired Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure forever. Bonus voice actor factoid. Pamela Hayden. She's cute, sexy, flirtatious, and she's Millhouse. Nobody likes Millhouse! It's a little disturbing. Alright, so there's a cool little couple pages out of Mike Reese's book. Again, that's Springfield Confidential, Jokes, Secrets, and Outright Lies from a Lifetime Writing for the Simpsons. Actually, you know what? I'm going to read one more part. This is Mike Reese, one of the writers, uh, again, his best episodes, his favorite episodes, and his least favorite episodes ever. So, his favorite episodes. Uh, first episode, Marge versus the Monorail. Conan O'Brien came in with this story on his first day of The Simpsons. Script by Conan, directed by Oscar winner Rich Moore. No wonder it's a classic. The Father, Son, and the Holy Guest Star, Season 16. Homer becomes a Catholic. 
why did it take us 16 years to hit on this idea? And here's a line you don't hear very often. Liam Neeson was hilarious. Radio Bart. Matt Groening pitched this great story where Bart falls down a well. Terrific direction. Sting duets with Krusty. I'm the stinger! That's who I am! We lost our first Emmy Award with this. The seemingly never-ending story, season 17. A story within a story within a story within a story. You don't get that on Spongebob. Treehouse of Horror 6, season 7. For years, one segment of every Halloween show kind of sucked. We usually stuck it in the middle. Treehouse 6 was the first to have three great segments, plus 3D Homer and Paul Anka. Uh, Simpson Califragilistic <coughs> Expialitious. Season 8. Al Jean always wanted to do a Mary Poppins parody. I fought him on this for five years. Thank God I lost. It's the most popular thing we ever wrote together. King Size Homer, Season 7. Fat Homer is funny. Really Fat Homer is really funny. Look at Peter Griffin. Ooh, nice. Lisa the Skeptic, Season 9. There are only two seasons of Simpsons episodes I didn't work on, and I'm afraid the show is smarter and funnier without me. This one is my favorite. Uh, his last favorite episode is Last Exit to Springfield, Season 4. I told Jay Kogan, who co-wrote this with me, USA Today had named it the best Simpsons episode ever. He laughed that it wasn't even the best one he wrote that month. Worst episodes ever. Ever. Briet Bart Dunn. Bart. I, I have no clue. This is this one's written really weird. Uh, but it's season 27. To impress Millhouse, Bart says that Homer sells nuclear secrets. Nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear secrets. Calling Millhouse a high-level source. This fake news makes it to Briet Bart and ultimately the White House. Homer is sent to Guantanamo where he goes on a hunger strike. It lasts 15 minutes. So the second time they've used a hunger strike. Uh, I haven't seen these later episodes, so I haven't seen that one. Seal uh, Old Train, uh, season 12. The Simpsons are going to South Korea. They visit the animation house, never realizing it's the one where they themselves are animated. Bart befriends the other ten-year-olds who work in the studio and convinces them to quit. Also, Maggie crosses into North Korea and launches a missile. I feel like the... I feel like those last two episodes never actually happened, and they were just written, but I'm going to read on here. Uh, the Simpsons Spongebob crossover. Yeah, this never happened. Season 8. After Mr. Burns dumps toxic waste in Springfield Harbor, the whole cast of Spongebob Squarepants is forced to move into The Simpsons. Marge immediately warns to Bob is the best kitchen sponge I ever used. King of the Hillary. Severely misjudging the political climate, the Simpsons writers produced this Inauguration Day special where Trump lost the election. The show features Lisa and Bill Clinton playing the sax at Hillary's inaugural ball. 
Well, an embittered Trump becomes Grandpa's new roommate at Springfield Retirement Castle. World Cup Sucker Season 15, Homer reads an obviously fake list of Krusty's worst episodes ever and falls for it. What a moron. So, yeah, uh, I just got trolled reading this book out loud to you guys because it, the last one says World Cup Sucker. Um, Homer reads obviously fake list of Krusty's worst episodes ever and falls for it. I knew something was up as I was reading this. I was like, uh, after the Soul Train one, no, the the... Yeah, the Soul Train one, I was like, I don't think that ever happened. I think we would have heard 